was like, maybe I should go on Facebook right now. <laughs> maybe right now when I'm supposed to be recording a podcast, I should just I go on Facebook. time by going on Facebook. Are we live? Uh, I mean, we're not live, because this is a recorded podcast. But the, the microphone is recording, yes. So should I start? Do I want to bring us, should I bring us in? I'm not cutting anything. So. <laughs> You're not cutting anything? Hi, welcome to Fresh Pressed for January... Nope. Gabe. We're going to start over. <laughs> You're going to have to cut this. I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> no, sorry, this is the way that our podcast... I know you've never listened to our podcast, but this is the way that the podcast works. Gabe, I don't know that you need to yell. Oh, is that being loud? Hi. <laughs> well, you can project. You just were sitting like, Hi, this is Fresh Press. <laughs> okay. Not cutting anything. <laughs> Staying in. <laughs> How many minutes in are we? <sighs> Hi, welcome to Fresh Press for December thirty first, two thousand and nineteen. It is the last day of the decade, folks. Well, well, actually, maybe the decade starts in twenty twenty one because one is the first number. And that's all I care to think about this issue. I'm Jewish, so it's actually the year 57-something, and well, we're on a lunar calendar, be? anyway. I don't know. Wow. Um, I can't believe it. Ugh, wow. So if you're hearing that other voice, Andrew and I have decided to include our... If hopefully you are. I don't know. <laughs> it's rather quiet and we're recording on one microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, our wonderful friend, Soraya Perry. Hello. Musician... Freelance film editor and all-around star. Thank you. Who has wonderful music taste. And um, so we thought maybe... And loves this program. And has listened to every episode of our show so far. So we thought she would be a perfect candidate to bring on. Yeah, she's been begging... Actually, she's been saying, I have listened to every moment of your show over and over several times. I'm your number one fan. Yes. And I my dream... <laughs> is before the end of this decade to get onto your podcast. So it's... I did say half of that. I did say that my dream is to, like, I would love to be featured on your podcast, but <laughs> you I said, have never I would love to, to be it. featured on a podcast. <laughs> like, you know, Mark Maron's podcast. <laughs> Something, a good one. Yeah, but I'll settle for this. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is also our first live episode with a live studio audience. Um... Do you hear her waving? <laughs> So, <laughs> we're not going to explain that. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> um, but uh, I do want to explain that because this is our, our first live show and because uh, we're recording on one microphone in my living room and because we're recording this the day before it comes out and I have guests at my house, I'm not really going to edit this that much except to put the music in. So, sorry that this is six hours long, but... Gabe, you can listen to this on your flight back to California. And this is a really, this is a really beautiful window into our friendship. This is just like for anyone who wants to take a little visit to debate with Gabe, Andrew, and Soraya, and what that feels like. This is the perfect opportunity. Yes, the overwhelming pressure of three very opinionated people coming at you <laughs> for multiple hours on end. In case end. you need more of that this holiday season, <laughs> <laughs> we've made this. <laughs> So we're structuring our show slightly differently this week. Completely differently, one might it's say. It's not even at all like the fresh press you've grown to know and love. 
that Soraya knows and loves. <laughs> Very much. Instead of each bringing two songs that have one that has come out in the past week and one that is an old groove that we have fallen in love with over the years that fits a specific theme. Gabe's looking at one wall of my... I'm trying to figure out if there's some sort of script that Gabe is reading from. I'm reading the teleprompter. <laughs> we are here to present a collection of ten of our favorites, but not our ten favorites, it should be noted. Ten of our favorite songs. Ten, ten picks. Ten 2019... Ten, hey, it's 2019, listen to this. Hey, yeah. you're traveling back in time to 2019? Check out these tracks before yeah. you go. Yeah. So that you know what I was listening to in 2019 when you trip. And what I was listening to in 2019. And also what I was listening to in 2019. And what we all. And what we all. And what what we we all were listening listening to. to I can't believe that took three runs at it. (laughs) Look, not all of us are actors. Um, So wait, so how does does the tenth pick work? Let's talk about that. Do we debate live and then... We'll see in two hours when we get there. Okay. Stay tuned. So the current idea is that each of us will offer three songs to the group for discussion. And then there's a tenth pick that we haven't figured out how we're going to pick yet. Somehow we will arrive there by brutal consensus. Yes, which will be tough and uh, vicious because... We, well, Gabe and Andrew, you guys have a lot of overlap, but I tend to not overlap with your, um, what you're listening to, so it'll be interesting to, uh, see what we can come, what we can agree on. All right. Let's get started. Okay. Soraya. Sure. Are we going, um... We'll do one, one, one. one, one, one? Okay, cool. All right. Um... I'm going to start with, so I made, a when I, when we talked about doing this, I made a, I went through everything that I'd been listening to in 2019, and I made a pretty sizable playlist of songs that I really liked this year. We said, Sriya, bring three songs, and she said, my playlist is 27. <laughs> yeah. No, it was 24. It was 24. It was Excuse not that me, bad. 24. <laughs> 24 songs. Um, and, uh, as I was, like, looking at them, I was really, really conflicted, but immediately there was one song, and it's kind of a st- strange that this was the one song, but, um, as soon as I looked at the playlist, there was one song that I was like, no matter what, this is something I'm bringing to the table, and it's not really a song that's my style, uh, in a lot of ways, um, and I only listened to it for a certain portion of this year, but it had such a deep effect on me when I was listening to it, and I'm so impressed by it. Um, so I thought I'd definitely want to bring it um, to this podcast. And the song is Door by Carolyn Polachek. Back in the city, I'm just another girl in a sweater. But bet you will know this signature on a check. Around the planet to prove what I was, and the door slams hard behind you when you leave the house of judge. There are like a million bazillion reasons I love and respect that song. Um, I love that it is something that I feel like I could never do, like, it's just so different from how I would go about 
writing music. Um, it has so much structure, but at the same time, it's so free. And I think a lot of that um, is due to the incredible um, production choices that they make. Um, uh, I love how many layers it has. Um, and the way that they all kind of fit and dance together um, in a way that like, it feels like there are many different um, elements of songwriting. There's like the melody, um, which is the place that I live in when I'm writing music that where I feel very comfortable. And then there's this whole other, you know, um, you know, instrumental track that has been written underneath that feels like its own beast and that in some ways feels like even more important and crucial to the song than the melody itself um and and i love that and i think it's like so creative i love that the chorus is essentially one word um and uh it also so the the album art for this single when it was released was a photo of Carolyn, Carolyn, uh, Polachek, um, as an avatar, uh, for, like, a video game, which I really liked, and kind oh, of... not one of the Na'vi from the movie. No, not, not one of the Na'vi. <laughs> not her, like, as, like, a blue alien. No, but, like, as a really well-rendered video game avatar, and that... Um, as well as like the production choices in the song got me thinking um, like stewing and brewing on this like particular uh, I don't know I have this like little thesis that I'm working on about the concept of like cyborg feminist ballads in contemporary pop right now yeah. Grimescast 2019 folks <laughs> oh, 2020 <laughs> that's what that's what Grimescast well, 2020 is looking back to Grimescast 2019 we'll make sure to have Stride on for Grimescast 2020 it's like it's interesting because I feel I've like gotten really into that topic even though there's so many artists who fit within that umbrella who I <laughs> really don't like but you know this song is as well as like so I kind of was like learning about the song and I paired it with FK Twig's Cellophane mm -hmm. and then a bunch of different Robin tracks and I started thinking about the the way that those pieces have incorporated like tech sounds like you can hear in this song like all these little like sparkles that come from like almost like I don't know the sound of the sound of a machine falling apart or <laughs> the sparkle of like white noise and that to me is such an you're built like these songs are building such interesting strong but vulnerable characters um in that lens and i really like that i think on that note something that this song strikes me as having um i could see this song as the ending track like the credits track to an indie video game um that like was really moving where you open all... a bunch of doors and there's doors behind them <laughs> sure um, yeah. but it's like along that theme of, of kind of cyber or hyper real um, and technocratic almost like soundscapes yeah. being woven into... into something that feels very raw yeah and I really appreciate that yeah um, also this song means a lot to me because I first heard it at a time in my life where I was like having to part from a lot of things and I was like parting from this relationship that had 
grown to mean a lot to me um, and I was like leaving a place and it felt like this incredible um, it, it felt like it was expressing my pain for me like every time I listened to it I was like feeling such like poignant and and like visceral <laughs> pain about parting and um, this was like the perfect melody and the perfect like really 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 strong song to like help me work through that and feel like someone else was like singing that for me and um yeah that's why i love that song nice um some quick hits on caroline polachek um she for most of her musical career mm -hmm. was a part of the indie pop yeah. duo chairlift mm -hmm. Um, who I really grew to love in high school and early college. And then she broke away from her partner and kind of set off on her own and uh, had a record come out this year, which includes the song, um, and which is just a great album on the whole, I think. Um, wrapping this song kind of as a jewel um, in the middle. Um, and... One other thing I wanted to say, one thing I really wanted to say about the song is it was, it's, it's astonishing to me every time when that acoustic guitar comes mm -hmm. in yeah. and is plucked, um, because it, yeah. it is almost the antithesis of what you were just talking mm -hmm. about, about like this, uh, manufactured computer, um, soundscape is like the raw acoustic guitar yeah. and it adds such a humanizing element to the song and it's incredibly moving and then it blends out and into some like vocal buzz yeah. yeah it's a really cool mix of like vulnerability and like a wall of electric sound like somehow a really perfect <laughs> um they really dance perfectly together yeah i mean i think they do something that maybe helps that is that they really lean into both sides of those things so like the, like you're saying the acoustic guitar plucked is feels so tactile and so real because of how sharply it's plucked mm. um and then like it intermixes with some synths that are like just the most digital dirtiest synths it's like it's like okay yeah i get that that's coming from a computer yeah and not from a human being um but i think because it leans into both of those so well and her voice sort of unites the two in being Absolutely. very beautiful and also very produced because that's the genre, um, but very raw and emotional. So it sort of becomes the thing that where those two worlds collide. I would love to hear a really great cover of this song also. That's waiting uh, for that to come. That's but... song number 10 that we're going to perform. <laughs> <laughs> and another door, and another door. <laughs> It's just a little teaser for you. Yeah. You have a song that you thought really stood out amid... Amid? Amid the crowd. Amidst the mud of the 2019 music scene. <laughs> so much mud in 2019. Um, I actually realized that I did not pick what my third pick was going to be until just now. And I wanna st wanted to start with it because I had... Um, I think I'm going to go with 
Um, could you not type? Because the know, microphone can hear it. I know. I'm trying really hard not to. I accidentally opened my friend's <laughs> and you accidentally birthday started. texts. And then I need to say, if I don't say happy birthday, I will forget. And so to respond, so I'm writing, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast so can't type all Sri ever wanted was to be on a podcast this podcast (laughs) and happy birthday to sky (laughs) happy birthday sky friend of the pod (laughs) um i am going to pick uh one down by slaughter beach dog I put one down I walk around I play the game I go out and live it up I dress up nice I feel alright I get loaded And I come home late at night I got really into Slaughter Beach Dog this past year or so. Um, they're a band led by Jake something. I should be looking this up, but I don't know what his last name is. Um, but he used to be half of um, Modern Baseball, which is a different band than American Football, which always is a struggle for me to remember. Mm-hmm. I do always remember... That is a different band than sports. Remember sports. Remember sports. That's a joke for my friends. You guys don't get it. Anyway. um, The beans and the beans. uh, Anyway. um, Slaughter Beach Dog is incredible, I think. In that I, I just... I mean, they're so stereotypical in some ways. Like, it's, you know, like they're an indie kind of band. They have a very indie sound. But every time I listen, like, closely to one of their songs and, like, listen to the lyrics, I I feel, like, pierced directly through my soul. Um, I think there's probably something to be said for the fact that um, the frontman, Jake... Jake... Working on it. Their website's very slow. Everybody, guys, get quick website. Jake something. uh, He's from Philly. So, like... I, f- I feel like there's I don't know maybe it's just because I know that listening to his music but I feel like a kinship there Jake Ewald Jake Ewald or Ewald Jake Ewald E-W-A-L-D yeah anyway um uh like in the line in that song we're saying like I drive around my old hometown they lit that football field on fire in 99 just feels like something that that happened in my hometown. I don't think it did, but like, could have. It just feels so close. Like, it feels yeah, real. I really get that with Philly bands. There's like something about like all these white dudes from Philly, like Kurt Vile, <laughs> War on Drugs, like all these bands. Um, what's the other one? Um, that's so great. Uh, <laughs> um, they're great. They're freaking great. And I can't remember their name right now. For those two Fox. words, it's not Beach House. Although Beach House Fox. went to my college. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't, mm, real estate. 
um, all these bands that make such like music that sounds so much like Philly to me. Like it really sounds like it's it's like a specific type of Philly and suburb Philly suburbs melancholy that yeah. like makes me feel so warm and understood. Yeah. And it like really feels like I'm driving through our hometown um, whenever I'm listening to it. And so I totally get that, and I totally see how this song fits into there too so I don't think that it's just because that <laughs> he's from Philly that it sounds like that it's um, like that specific indie yeah I, I saw them live this fall in before we started this podcast like September or October maybe um and at like a realist at First Unitarian which is like a, a little like basement terrible 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 venue <laughs> terrible place terrible venue but has good shows there and the minister is very nice. She sings in the choir with me. Anyway, um, uh, that was just a really great show. And even though they didn't play any of any of their like really sad stuff that makes me weep, they played a lot more of their like hardcore stuff. Not hardcore stuff, but like their their not as softcore stuff. Um, it was still a really like powerful and meaningful show to me. I think because of that that connection that I feel to their whole sound. What do you think of rhyming, the use of rhyming in that song? Since we've talked so much about rhyming, you and I. Yes, and we've mentioned it on the podcast. Oh, you have? <laughs> Had I listened? No, you, t- you, <laughs> you did. You did listen, because we talked about it. Oh, we, this was in the... This was yeah, the one thing you that you listened and then it. tweeted a yeah, lot yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I but I, um... Yes, so I do want to talk about the rhyming and also just sort of the lyric structure. Because he sort of goes for a like a very planned out thing where mm-hmm. yeah. the lines are like I blah 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 I blah 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 I blah 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 yeah it's just a very like two plus two plus four kind of sentence structure yeah that one's also for y'all music majors there remember sentence structure I wasn't a music major I wasn't a music major I do you have more to say about the rhyming because um, I think I think it, it works for me because um, because of that structure and also because of the points where he breaks from it um, and because the lyrical content I feel like is always changing is something that makes me think less about like okay if a song is about a girl and the world then I'm bored already because of the content. But if the song goes from like, they li- they lit that football field on fire in 99 to I take my meals alone inside the parlor to uh, something about Jesus, then like it's the content of it is also pulling me in. And so that like rhyming and uh, constant structure of the way that the lines are set up um it, it plays w- with um, the changing content really well. Mm. What did you? I totally you? missed the Jesus reference, but it is tis the, the season. Gabe, you just listened to my Jesus song, uh, which um, also had it, which also rhymed star and far, because it's a, the fuck. Oh god, damn it! I actually wanted to talk about something that was not lyrically related, so okay. well, we can wrap up. I mean, can we wrap up? Shut up about that. Sorry, what did you have to say about the rhymes? No, I, I didn't have much to say other than that I noticed that too. The two plus two plus four, um, 
and was just curious. It's a really good example. You know, we've talked so much about, like, when rhyming works and when it doesn't, and this is a really good example of, like, very deliberate, simple rhymes, and I was mm-hmm. curious about how um, that um, fits into your concept of the song. And, yeah, so you answered that very well for me. Gabe, what other thing do you have to say that you that is have more been patiently than waiting been for us to show up? Well, well, um, I want to talk about the drums because I think they're really vital to the song and they yeah, provide, um, first of all, they're great. Um, I don't know who the drummer for this band is, but Looks I like Henry Nash. applaud their work. Um, the, the main kind of drum line incorporates these triplet fills all over the set, um, which I think is unusual still in a lot of indie music and a lot of pop we don't have a lot of music in three or that uses constructions of three whether that's being in three four or using triplets and um, it provides a unique background base for the lyrics that also contributes to kind of like um, a lilting while still driving forward feels and I thought it provided uh, a really good background. Even though, clearly, right, the lyrics are the key focus of the song. Yeah. Although, personally, I would love to hear an acoustic version of that song. But that's because I'm... That's my style. Yeah. I would love acoustic, to Acoustic, you mean without drums? Yeah, like a... Sorry, like a pared-down version. Yeah. Gabe, what's your first, your favorite, your top song? All other songs are bad. This is the best song of 2019. <laughs> All other songs are bad. This is the best song of 2019. I don't feel that way, but um, I really did love this album. This is the album worst song of 2019. This song, and I really enjoy this artist. Um, her name is Nilifer Yanya. She released a record called Miss Universe this year. And this song is the second song off that album. It is In Your Head. so striking to me from the very beginning for um, three uh, specific reasons. So the first is the song in your head starts with the chorus, um, which is not super usual and it's very loud and it comes right at you fast and I love that about the song. It's not like waiting around or building up through a verse in the chorus. It's right away. Second thing is Nula for Yanya uh, I believe was born in London in Chelsea. Um, her one of her parents is uh, half Barbadian, Barbadian from the Barbados. The other parent is Turkish, um, and she but she has an, a, like a classically very intense 
London accent that is so obvious that it comes through the music and you don't hear that a lot with artists even from the UK you can't always hear that they're British um, and then the opening line is I've hit bottom rock which is an inversion of rock bottom that seems obvious but is uh, inviting and interesting to me um, so uh, yeah I love this song for those for, I love the opening of the song it like all comes together right at that beginning for me um, and then she spends uh, the whole song talking about singing about um, the idea of uh, of being uh, of not knowing if what people think of you or if you're just going crazy in your in your head um and um what that feels like to almost be suffocating under that weight of anxiety really Mm. um if you were to say one classic indie band that this song sounds exactly like would you say it's the strokes because it really sounds like the strokes yeah it definitely does sound like the strokes um especially the early strokes right um, yeah i mean that the way yeah the way that that chorus is like that really feels like it could be on is this it to me I agree. I think uh, one thing that's nice is that Nufriyanya has a much more interesting and uh, dynamic voice than Julian Casablanca's. You know, I, I like his work in general, but her voice is like almost like thrilling to me throughout this entire album. Definitely. On the way she stretches her range. Yeah, yeah and obviously the production is, is more... Polished. Modern. Oh, well, modern, sure. Yeah. Modern and polished. Um but yeah, the sort of the base. If you told me that that was like an old, like an old Strokes cut that never made an album that she like uncovered and did a cool version of, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. She also reminds me so much of this Norwegian um, artist who came like ten years before her, named Ida Maria, um, who I've always like. I heard this album, I was like, yo, this is like a very different version of this came out ten years earlier. Is it okay if I like play a little something from that? me so much of that artist i don't know if it's like i think it's there's something about the strength in her voice they have very similar voices to me um yeah and the vocal cool, quality yeah i think she like brings um i don't know much about i don't know as much about like indie rock as the two of you do i don't listen to it much um so i can't say this with much certainty but i feel like i like I like what she does and I like what she's put out because it's like I feel like she's continuing a specific genre of like really powerful um like indie rock that really reminds me of 2008 in a way like it's both melodic but like punchy um which I feel like isn't so much what I'm hearing nowadays but again like that's because I don't know but like talking about how it reminds you of an old stroke song or like talking about like I just feel like it's like a little it's like a very updated version of 
shit that we were hearing like 10, 15, 10 years ago that was like fun. Yeah, Which and, like, and isn't, fun isn't like popular right now. I agree, I and I, I mean, think people still listen. I'm not gonna make this joke about that fun. joke. Um, oh god! <laughs> I please make note that I was not referencing the band Fun right now. Fun period. Um, one of the least fun bands. <laughs> yes, you're here. Um, I definitely agree with you, and maybe part of the reason I'm drawn to this uh, artist and this music and the song is um, that's a lot of the music that I think I uh, like cut my musical teeth on. That's like when I first started listening to music outside of like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. It was like um, indie rock from. Yeah, like the mid to late 2000s. Yeah. I also think it's interesting, something I've been doing for the past year is, um, especially with younger artists, or like emerging artists, although one could argue she's no longer so emerging, but um, I like go and see who the co-authors of the songs are, because it's always so interesting to see who else has like been working on it. And so the other person who wrote this song and the person who produced this song... Wrote which... The new Lufiania song? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, is John Congleton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but I'm on his Wikipedia page, and he has produced and helped write work for so many artists. Name um, 10. Okay, Phoebe Bridgers, Lana oh, Del Rey, oh, yeah. um, The Districts, Unknown yeah. Mortal Orchestra, The War on Drugs, yeah. Wyoke, Moses Sumney, mm-hmm. Sleater Kinney, Regina Spector, wow. it like goes, it's like Nelly like, Furtado, The Mountain Goats, Manchester Orchestra. Nelly Furtado the and The Mountain Goats, an <laughs> unlikely combination. Bombay Bicycle Club, <laughs> a great Erica Badu, Franz Ferdinand, like chairlift, um, so it's always so interesting to the killers, like, um, to trace that back and see where some of the, that sound is coming from and mm-hmm. thinking, think about the other, and he's like 40, 44 or something. So it's like always, to me, that tells such a story. And also, so, uh, then I, as soon as I know who else wrote the song, then I'm like so curious about what their process was um, and how the really vast and unique experience of this other artist is influencing um, this emerging artist's work. Uh, Just something to think about. No, last week we talked a little bit about how important a producer can be in the musical process and adding that extra voice. Remember? And also... I do. That was a really good conversation. That's what I'm building off of right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And... Inevitably, right, there's a big, like, thumbprint that gets put on their music, um, and you can trace that between the artists that they've worked with. It's like, have you guys seen that incredible video that's, like, about Pharrell's four-count openings? No. He does this thing with almost every song he's produced where no matter what, there's, like, an opening that's just four counts. Um, It's like, don't, 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 don't. And then the song starts. Like, every really fucking famous song that Pharrell has produced, you've never realized it, but they all have these, like, um, four-count openings. It's so crazy. And it's just, like, this little sneaky thing he's been doing since, like, the 2000s. Um, since the early 2000s. Uh, like, a, like a, an odd, like, producer Easter egg that people hmm. only noticed a couple years ago. Yeah, when you pointed that out to me, I can now hear about 30 different Pharrell songs <laughs> in my head that yeah. all start the same way. Like, for example, Happy... Yeah. It must be crazy what I'm about to say. 
That was five. But I don't know if I did it right. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because it doesn't come in on one either. A... I just made a hand gesture on the podcast, <laughs> which is not helpful for the listeners. It comes in on the end of two. Yeah. Right. Music. Society. I'm praying. You waste my time. This picture is boring. I give up. Oh, darling, and I'm the bottom of swear. I'm telling. Soraya, what music did you bring for us? All right, now for something completely different. <laughs> and this now for is... something completely different. <laughs> this is so different. This is Mirage by M83. I'm really glad that you brought a an instrumental track to this podcast because I was there was a track where I was like I really like this song but I don't know if people will be annoyed at me because it's instrumental and I did an instrumental last week <laughs> um but yeah I'm glad that you brought one because I ended up not bringing one thank you I'm glad I'm glad you're glad um we're all glad not me I'm on no this is a great song <laughs> <laughs> I think you should have picked Midnight City. <laughs> well, I'm glad I picked a Mirage. Um, this is off an album called DSV2, uh, which is the sequel to this other album, Digital Shades Volume 1, which came out in 2007. Um, but this and, record came out this past year. But this record came out in September, yeah. Wow. And, yeah, so 12 years later. And Anthony Gonzalez... Um, who's like who started the band I, I think um had talked about how a lot of this album was influenced by um video games from the 80s so I'm kind of like continuing my tech theme a little bit mm-hmm. um the first thing I have written down for notes about the song is Blade Runner soundtrack that's what yeah. I was gonna say too yes and actually it's I like have Vangelis, exactly. a lot yeah. to this paired with the Blade Runner soundtrack. I actually have a playlist that's this and the Blade Runner soundtrack. Um, and I, I and I love them both for the same reason. It's like this beautiful bath of sound that is so warm and I feel like the intention... I love when you listen to a song and you're like, I know exactly what the intention of this song is and I connect with it so hard because the whoever wrote it is forcing me to, to get into this place. Especially when it's like a... It's it's something that's extremely romantic and wistful and whatever. Like if an artist can really take you there, it's so impressive and um, and so meaningful. And I feel like you hear the song, you're like, I know exactly what this is supposed to make me feel like and what this is supposed to mean, even though it's wordless. Um, and that means a lot to me. Um, and I have a lot of intense sense memory uh, connected to this song um, because I used to listen to it. Uh, don't do this, it's very dangerous, but when I was uh, riding a motorbike earlier this year, <laughs> I used to, like, I was riding a motorbike in, like, pretty remote, you know, roads that were, like, these jungle roads, um, very winding, and I'd, like, 
put my earbuds in both ears and be like, if I die right now, I'm fine with it. Like, this is such a beautiful way to die. And I would just, like, <laughs> zoom, I would just really, like, race through these roads um, listening to this song. And I felt um, like I really was creating an atmosphere that matched um, whatever intense feeling I was feeling at the time. That where you know where I really needed that drive. Um, yeah, I love this song, and I also really appreciate hearing. So like, Vangelis, what like thirty years ago now, forty years ago. Yeah. Now twenty 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 twenty. This is tomorrow. Forty years ago, um, and you get the exact same feeling. But I love hearing the subtleties. Um, because of the liberties taken with production on this version, you can hear, um, like the, the, the way that they, like, I don't know that much about music production, especially on the level that they're doing it, you know, in this band, but, um, the liberties that they take with shit like reverb, um, this is a great... are so, like, it's like, I'm hearing a evangelist piece created for this time, and that's really special as well. This is a great point you're making. Literally, you can hear the increase in raw computational processing power from 2019 to 1980, right. whatever, 1981, yeah. to yeah. that, that. I mean, traditionally, time moves in the other direction. Don't don't start with <laughs> and time, the motion of time. Um, and this also yeah. reminded me somewhat of Christopher Nolan, like Interstellar. Or right. Um, yeah. uh, so time. Um, um, but yes, you can definitely hear that and how complex the reverb can be with these yeah. really polyphonic synths in the way that was simply not possible when Vangelis right. was writing music. Right. And that's really awesome. And I wish there was more of it. And I think there is. I just haven't found the right people to show me the pockets of like yeah. really beautiful contemporary instrumental music that's happening right now. Um, but this is like, it's so playful. Like the simplicity of it but the liberties that they take with the production is like it feels so so playful it's like they sat down they're like let's just make something dope like (laughs) let's just like like, chill the fuck out make something fucking dope and um yeah and the and and it's also like a very striking moment in the album because the rest of the album doesn't look much like this track so it really feels like you know a moment that they took to just make something fucking dope The next pick that I will be talking about... Oh, very diplomatic of you. Um, ...is one that you've actually already heard on this podcast. Um, but I have just been coming back to it ever since our first episode. It's Limitless by Sedan Archives. Says she met him on the net. Says she moving out of spot. Says she got a new friend. Says she got a new day. Can you believe that? It's okay, we're like halfway through, so this is perfect taco time, really. Think about it. When's the best time to eat a taco? When is 322. When isn't the best time to eat a taco? 2.30. Because tacos 2.30? Should be in, in 
soft tortillas. What? That's a take I'm comfortable. Tacos should be in soft oh, really? tortillas. Yeah. I agree. I love a hard shell taco. It's stupid. It's pretty hard stupid. Hard shell tacos are for time. Midwestern taco nights. I've never I seen know. a Mexican person. But I love it. <laughs> it's like how I... I suppose I prefer real Chinese food to American Chinese food, but I love American Chinese food. I mean, I also love American Chinese food. I also Chinese love American Chinese food. <laughs> but I like... Maybe when I say I love Chinese... When you say you love Chinese food, you can't you mean can't, American Chinese yeah. food when you say that, but you can yeah. say I love American Chinese food. And that's a valid... That's like its own cuisine yeah. style, right? That's yeah. a valid take. Yes. Yeah, it's like Italian-American food. Yeah. We're not having this conversation. Or We're on a podcast. <clears throat> Um, so this was my uh, very first new tune pick on this very podcast. And it's only gotten better since November 1st or whenever it came out. I so agree. The, this album and this song, Pastor Archives, has grown on me so much. Um, in the couple weeks following uh, that first taping that we did, I went and got tickets to her show in San Francisco in February so excited to see her live um but it almost speaks to me more two months later now that we're in the end of december than it did at the beginning of november um in what way i i it it's almost like so wistful um it makes you think back to those those early houses <laughs> no, but it is so wistful, and um, maybe maybe it's just simply that I have, you know, it entered kind of my regular rotation of music. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go listen to some Dan, Dan Archives today, um, rather than like looking for a new song to play on our podcast. And not all of the music that we've done has done that. And because I've now listened to it for eight weeks, listening to it like brings me a lot of joy, and I um, almost can hear what she's saying. Uh, thematically more clearly with that number of listens and that amount of space and time. Soraya, you're very familiar with this song since you've listened to our podcast many times and love love all of our playlists. Soraya's listened to the pilot episode it, of our podcast. When least. I thought it would be a fun gag to like not listen to this podcast. Right, yeah, that's why you didn't listen to our podcast. It would be <laughs> I didn't realize that you roasted the whole time publicly. <laughs> I mean, until now, they would have just thought I was being weird and reminding everyone that you listen to the podcast. I love the podcast so much. Yeah, so that was my first listen of that song. Um, I felt average about it, I'm sorry to say. It falls into a category of, it falls into a specific place that is just not my my happy place do you do you mean or do you have a sense of like like from an just a like a straight like auditory standpoint or like a thematic standpoint or what do you mean it's the kind of song that i if i heard it at a party or if someone was in the background or if someone was playing it in their car as i was getting in i'm like hmm cool having a good day good vibes um it's never something that i would like need to turn off um but it's also not something that i would latch onto or really notice i think because yeah i think because 
it's it, it, it I mean there are several elements I think probably like melodically it doesn't really interest me much and then also the I have a hard time it's weird I don't know why this is but there's like a whole like this like songs that are like pop or indie songs or rock songs that are that have like the very standard collection of instruments like doing the thing tend to just like kind of go over my head like lately I think that's been like more recently but normally it's like if you've got like I mean I'd have to go back to identify these are the instruments in this song but like and it's interesting because she's a violin player right yeah yeah, but that, was that like was that like a big element of the song? Yeah, there's a big no. strings. Well, there's this is a good point that you're making. I think maybe you would actually like some of her other work more yeah. because this is one of the less violent oriented songs. True. It this is just very, some like, high notes. Like some... But if you listen to like Confessions, which is earlier on the album, mm-hmm. I think it's also yeah. the name of the album. Um, I'm gonna do more research. Um, you might like that better because yeah. it's more unconventional. She used this looped violin technique. Right. But this, yes, the strings here occupy a very. Uh, just like normal role. Yeah, it's more an adi- like an this additional like, like textural yeah. sweep than yeah a- that complements the the synth stuff that's right. going on. This felt like a very like like a very classic pop setup, and that stuff sometimes just like goes, I don't know, kind of in one ear and out the other, which sounds a little like I sound a little, um, I don't know, I sound a little stuck up saying that, but it doesn't. Right now, like that whole category of music is like not really. Doing yeah, it for me. that's okay. Wouldn't yeah. be the first time. Hmm? What? <laughs> no, I, I think it's good because it's true, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna like one thing is we all have different music tastes here, yeah. and yeah, sometimes when Andrew I, doesn't like my music, he <laughs> instead of saying that on the podcast, he just won't say anything about the song, and then afterwards we'll be like, "Yeah, you didn't really like that, did you?" And he'd be like, "Nope, I want to be <laughs> I want this to be a positive space." <laughs> oh, sorry uh, to have been like I feel no, you <laughs> see, I I struggle with doing that well which you were just like hey this is my opinion this is how I feel and be like this song blows game <laughs> can't she, believe you made I me listen to this I definitely feel that it blows and I definitely am not satisfied with the answer that I gave I think I would have to listen to it three or four times before I could pinpoint exactly why you mean three like, or four think, more times because you've been listening to it yes. since November right yeah <laughs> uh, three or four old. more times we just start cutting um, those jokes we're only halfway I, through I, I think I yeah I think anyone listening to this if they heard me saying that they'd be like that's not a really like legit excuse to like not like a song no, I think I would need this podcast <laughs> when I go back and listen to this podcast I'm gonna be like and I listen to the song again I'm like damn that's not what I meant to say you know <laughs> so I think there's a much more I think I could pinpoint it a lot better with a couple more listens which I might do and I'll text you about it listeners she'll text you about it yeah <laughs> song that I have decided to bring to this podcast celebrating the hits of 2019 is a song that's actually gotten a fair amount of play um, but I would like to bring it. it is Earthquake by Tyler the Creator off his 2019 record Igor in all capital letters 
So, Gabe, what made you pick this all-caps song over all of the other all-caps possibilities throughout the year? Uh, for those of you who have been in touch with my musical choices this past <laughs> fall, I've somehow ended up with a lot of artists that like capitalizing everything that they do, or one particular album, and then everything within that album. And Earthquake is another one of those songs. Um, I really enjoyed this record from Tyler, the Creator. Um... The work that he's done since he's left um, Odd Future, I think, has been really compelling on the whole. Um, this particular song is clearly about heartbreak, um, uh, and I enjoy the play on words that is a little bit on the nose, but is fun for me, of Earthquake and then saying, don't leave, it's my fault. Which is oh, oh, fault is necessary for an earthquake. Oh. Um, but with a lot of hip hop, um, I tend to really uh, to to enjoy a really maximalist productions, like lots of sound, lots of intricate things happening. This has arpeggiated synths and interesting bass lines and. Uh, vocal riffs throughout the whole song and that's something I personally love um, and the tenor of the song's production uh, contrasts almost in an oldie style way with the like, uh, heartbreak that the lyrics and the vocal line expresses um, I also just looked up the lyrics to the song because I have no idea what Playboy Cardi is rapping on their verse. Like, it is totally, it just sounds like uh, almost like percussive. Um, and there are all these vowels that are left off, or sorry, all these consonants that are left off at the end of the words. Um, and do you guys have any opinions about this song? Do you have you listened to Igor as a record? I haven't listened to it much, but I do want to say that there was a spot at like two minutes in where like everything cut and there was like three seconds of some harmony that was really nice and that was my favorite part of the song. <laughs> yeah, valid. I don't really listen to him much because I think he's like messy, a messy person. I'm like, I don't want to get involved with your mess. <laughs> But I do really like his Grinch album. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? That one's... Mean... It's like songs inspired by the... Oh, Grinch. yeah. That shit is dope. Um, but I was just... As we were listening to the song, I was doing research. For some reason, I thought that he was half Japanese. What? But he's not. And I don't know where I got that from. Maybe you're thinking of G. Like, Yamazawa, who is not at all like Tyler Crater. But is Yamazawa? A, a favored rapper of mine who is from Durham... Uh, who is half no, Japanese. I don't I don't think I, I've never even heard of that man, so it couldn't have been that person. <laughs> <laughs> did I dream it? Like 
I was like, oh yeah, Tao the Crater, half Japanese. Like, I've thought that for years, but she's not at all Japanese. Like, where did I get that from? That's always been my, like, fun fact about Tyler the Creator. <laughs> and now you're going to have to find a new fun fact about Tyler the Creator. And I was like, who am I thinking of to, that's to ha- bring up half-black, your... half-Japanese? So then I was looking up Blasian celebrities. <laughs> 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 We're listening to the song, and I'm like, Blasian celebrities. And, like, like, I couldn't find it. So, I don't know. I don't know who I was thinking of, but I thought it was Tyler the Creator who was half-Japanese. Um, that's all I can say about this. Don't be song by Y Oak called Sick Talk done by a jazz quartet called Me Body featuring one of my least favorite artists and yet it made it into my top three I mean least, one of my least favorite artists her name is Becca Stevens um, she's not really one of my least favorite artists but she's one of my the artists who I really should like but I don't so every time she comes into my sphere I'm like why why are you recommended to me again and so many people I know love her um, and I'm always having to pretend that I'm not listening to them talk about Becca Stevens because um, I don't want to get into an argument about it so I'm like mm-hmm. um, but this song uh, so she does the vocals on this song and um, she's fucking masterful um and she just performs it so well and it's a really cool interpretation of a song that's pretty um synthy and this is like a lot more about live um um performance and it's like really beautiful uh yeah this is sick talk <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad that you. I, I I think part of why I put it on here is because I was like maybe Gabe will really jag with this. Um. Yeah, it's just groovy as fuck. It's just groovy. It's complex. Um, it's groovy as fuck. Amazing rhythms. Um, yeah. Kind of uh, polyrhythmic overlying. Yeah. Um. So the the original song is by Y Oak. It's off their 2000. I want to say 15 2016 record really? Shriek. That. Um, from a few years ago. I thought it was even further. It yeah. might it might be further back. No, you're right, 2015. Um, that I love that album when it came out, and this song in particular, uh, and hearing it as a jazz cover, it's right like as you mentioned, it's like a synth song, yeah. is wild and kind of yeah. mind bending. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a really cool. I'm not a really big. I feel like people who take. Um, a song in one genre and cover it in another almost always fuck it up like I never 
and I'm usually never enjoying like a jazzy cover of Justin Bieber. Like I'm never, I never want it to you happen. You think that like, would be great? <laughs> but somehow it just doesn't. <laughs> um, so like postmodern jukebox stuff, I almost never. I just find myself like really lusting for the original. Right. Um, but I really love this. Lusting is a word I'm trying to bring into my life <laughs> because I think I'm like. I'm a lusty person. Like, I lust for things I mean, I so don't, bad. I don't disagree like, with that. You know, so I'm like, I should be more honest about that. I'm like, yo, what are you eating? I'm <laughs> fucking horny for, for the original person. <laughs> so, um, lust can mean so many things past sexual desire. I agree. You know? Right. Um, in As a... But using sexual desire as a metaphor for other things. I guess. I mean, lust is... I guess it is, like, the by definition specifically about sexual desire but i see it as like a really dirty like covetous wanting for something no that i can agree be past, that can extend past you know you like, and i were not raised in the christian tradition of the the seven sins or whatever oh, seven yeah. deadly sins yeah. that see i don't even know so the name i don't really think about it i've yeah. only ever seen the brad pitt movie it's the seven it's the seven seven <laughs> oh god it's the seven there we go um, um yeah so so I, I looked think, up oh I, but no but I just I'm very impressed with this cover it took something you know it really they really switch up the genre but I think they really do it um they really pay service to this one in a really good way the saxophone player on this song is um, named Gabe Croc is named <laughs> Ben Wendell um right he's one of the members of Knee Body mm-hmm and he does so much work in the song as the yeah. saxophone player making the song yeah. so groovy and he adds uh, like really interesting riffs yeah there are um, also beautiful like um, lilts uh, in the background uh, that are yeah. happening throughout um, the verses that are fucking gorgeous um, or maybe it's in the chorus I'm not sure but I really appreciate those as well I just want to say about Ben Wendell, his first credit on Wikipedia as a sideman was uh, Jason Mraz, and then five years later with Good Charlotte. So, damn, wide range. range. (laughs) I was going to say he's worked with two of the best musical acts of our lifetime. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Jason Mraz. And also Jason Jason Mraz. Mraz. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Mraz is best one and two. Um, yeah, did wow, Dave tell you about the email that we sent to Jason Mraz, a guitar player? No, but let's talk about that after the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was My third pick is um, a song called Not by Big Thief.
So this is not by Big Thief. This is a song that they, um, I think played live for a long time and then finally put on their second album of 2019 entitled Two Hands, um, which is, yeah, probably my top album of 2019. We're not ranking stuff in this podcast, but I think that's my top album of 2019. It's, it's pretty incredible. What is the acronym for that album? Nerd? Her? What is it? What? Their first album of 2019 was... UFOF. It's UFOF. I was but like, this one is, is from nerd. Two Hands. Nerd? Oh. Turf? What? Yeah, they released two oh. albums in 2019 that are radically different from each other and both very good. Oh, this is from Two Hands, but you know what I haven't listened to? I only listened to UFOF. Really? Yeah. This is, I, I, this is, I think, the best album of 2019, in my wow. opinion. Wow, I should listen to it. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, this song is, like I said, they, they played it live for a long time and then they put it on this album and it, sometimes when bands do that, they have to like do a, a wildly different version so that it like is different from the way a they do it live. A la Radiohead. Yeah, a la Radiohead. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I saw them play this live and it sounds pretty much like that and it's just as fucking awesome. Um, I talked about that concert a little bit when it happened because it was within the last two months. Um, and I mentioned at that time that like Adrian Lenker, the, the, uh, lead singer and guitarist and front person of this band, um, was having a lot of technical issues that night. Like just like her amp was not working. Um, so she was kind of stressed out and like not on her game because of that. Um, but I think when they played this song that was like the one time where everything else disappeared and it was just the like intense emotion of of this song which um yeah i think the song means a lot to them and uh and you really they convey that really well what's it about uh hard to say i can tell you what it's not about what's it not about? <laughs> <laughs> this song is I think the word for it is uh, shreds. It shreds. It's a gonna, rock yeah, sh- song. I would say it fucking shreds. rips, is what I would say. It, uh, that works too. Like, but, you know, like it's all about tearing. <laughs> um, uh, great guitar solo. Like, rock distorted guitar solo. It feels almost like a throwback, but then you have Adrian's vocals over top, which are distinct wow they are so prolific yeah and they played yeah. a bunch of new stuff when I saw them in November yeah. too well, what drugs are they on none what drugs love. are they on yeah they love oh, each other question life and, and good collab yeah so this song is Big Thief they have so much range and this song sits on like the very opposite end of the spectrum with like the, the, the reasons why I like Big Thief yeah, like you're more of a UFOF kind yeah, of person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like from from UFOF, the one that's just like so soft. Mm. Um, is the shit that really gets me. Um, but I love that they have that range. Like I love listening to that soft song and being like, "Wow, this exists simultaneously with the shit that they have that shreds and rips into me." That like. <laughs> they're such a beautiful band for that reason that rips things to shreds again like it's all about for me it's like all about intention like that you have the 
um, dexterity, uh, and, like, and obviously, like, very, um, what's the word? Just, like, deep thought process to be like, okay, like, how exactly do I want to tell this particular story? Um, is really cool. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think, I, I I don't think, it sounds like a very obvious thing, but I don't think some artists have that. Um, and they tell everything that they need to say in one language, sometimes beautifully, but, um, it's really cool when you find an artist that's like, like M83 or, um, uh, Big Thief that really just like, yeah. use their tools. And so, I mean, it's, in such a clever way. unlike some other artists who, who do do that, I mean, they have that, I think it's something special about them that they have that dexterity, like, like they put out UFOF, which is an album you love and is much is has a very different language as you put it and they put out two hands in the same year mm-hmm. like when they put out ufof it was like oh i really like this it's it's kind of different from their earlier stuff so there's you know some things that i'm not as familiar with but i like this new direction they're going in and then yeah, they put out two hands, like, like oh i'm yeah. sorry they're back and they rip even more than they did yeah. before yeah it's fun it's cool yeah. i respect i'm just always amazed by how well they can draw out emotion from whatever song they're doing. Everything is just, like, laden with feeling. And I, I do think that's difficult to do. And as you point out, being able to do it across such dynamic range um, is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gushed about Big Thief before on this podcast, and we'll probably continue to do so. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still technically... this This episode is out of the canon of things you're allowed to pick from and I also only talked about them I think I actually played not in that episode where I talked about the concert so you I could still pick them next time the theme comes you out. You can bring not again yes. if you so choose. We talk about not knots if it's if the theme is if you think if the theme is knots you're not allowed to bring the song not by Big Thief no. I'm not allowed to um, I'm sorry, I don't want to leave it on that because I do. There's two things that I am uh, contractually obligated to mention. One is um, Lauren Michael, who got mad at me because I didn't mention her last time I talked about Big Thief on this podcast. Um, I had been listening to Adrian Lanker's solo stuff because I'd come across it for whatever reason um, a couple of years, two years ago. And then when I was driving with my friend Lauren Michael, she was playing. Um, I'm sure it was Shark Smile, um, which is a great song. Mm-hmm. And I was very into it. She's like, yeah, it's this new band, Big Thief. You should check them out. So I checked them out. I was like, oh, actually, I know this band, sort of. I know the, the front person from it. But regardless, she does get credit um, for introducing me to Big Thief and to Julia Jacklin, who I've mentioned on the same episode of this podcast earlier, um, because I saw both Julia Jacklin and Big Thief at the same week. <laughs> Um, and I almost picked a Julia Jacqueline song for this episode, but I didn't. Um, and the last thing I'm contractually obligated to mention is, um, what I think is the best 15 to 20 seconds of music in 2019 for me, which is in this song, um, when everything but the drums and bass and obviously Adrian Laker's voice cuts out in like the third verse right out of the chorus it's so intense, especially like with the buildup of all of the energy of 
uh, the first half of the song, having everything cut out and just having her voice feel so like immediate and present and like right in, I don't want to say in your face because it doesn't feel like painful. It just feels like it's, it doesn't feel like it's in your face. It feels like it's in my face. Does that make sense? No, but... Like, it doesn't feel okay. like it's someone who's right in front of me yelling at me. It feels like it's someone, like... Oh, I hear... I hear from in... Like, it feels like it's me yelling. Mm. Yeah. You know? Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, and then everything comes back in at the end of those four lines. And she has the most powerful word of 2019, which is when she says hunger with such, like, a, that strong growl, which, as we were just listening to it now, Gabe and I were both like, Yes! Yes! <laughs> Um, yeah, so the juxtaposition of that, of that cut with just her voice for four lines, and then that word hunger when everything else comes back in, there's just so much power to that, that is. Which she does something similar in my favorite, like, the song from, which I've now named, <laughs> I've dropped, like, five times, <laughs> but she has this one line, um, in the second verse where she says the word screaming, and it's the only opportunity she takes to, like, do that thing. Um, she's like, scream! And it's like, <laughs> obviously, that's not what it sounds like, but it sounds really <laughs> awesome. Um, it's a beautiful choice. Also have a story. When I think of Big Thief, I think about this thing that happened to me several years ago, which is like this is a little bit of like a revealing. This reveals a lot about me. This story, but I two things that you should know if you're not my friends who are listening to me already know this. And you're if you're my parents, way, yeah. <laughs> um, is that I every opportunity I can to like can take to like. I take every opportunity I can to stalk someone on Spotify because I believe that it says so much about, like, their personal tastes and also, like, who they're hanging out with, what they're up to, especially when they make playlists. And I also, at some point, was dating this guy, and his name was Paul. And when I was dating him, mm -hmm. I had made him this romantic playlist, and I had put the song Paul by Big Thief on that playlist. Mm -hmm. I later was doing more stalking, not only of him, but of all his, like, different exes, and people, like, I, <laughs> I was, like, oh, I did this, like, one big thing. search one day, where he was talking about people he's, like, dated in the past, and I realized that there was, like, this contingent of people on Spotify who had all made playlists about my boyfriend Paul and they had all put that song on the playlist and that's how I would know the playlist would be about him. The playlist would be called like Tears, I Miss You. <laughs> Track 5, Paul. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed that I too had also put that song oh that I like immediately removed it off of my romantic playlist. But there are at least like seven chicks out there who have like a playlist about my ex Paul with that song on it. Um, and that's what I think of when I think of Big Thief. It's not even a good, like, no. it's not even a song I like. like it's, it's a great song. I think, um, I think I read somewhere that she wrote that song about, like, is not about another person named Paul. It's not, I think I read somewhere that she wrote that song about, about <laughs> No, I think she wrote that song, unless I'm thinking of, of, I think, unless it's Mary or one of those other songs, where it's the person's name, but I think it's about, like, another aspect of her own personality mm. that she's talking to rather mm. than an ex-lover. That makes sense. Yeah. 
the lyrics. That makes sense, yeah. So we're all misusing that. Yo, if you're in love with someone named Paul, or if you're trying to get over someone named Paul, don't use that song. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. What song should they use? I think it's the Gabe, what song should they use? (laughs) Yeah. They probably shouldn't use the song that I'm going to bring, because (laughs) the song I've decided to bring for my last pick of 2019 is 17- by Jazz Sharon. <laughs> My mom will love that joke. Seventeen. My parents will be so happy that you made that joke. I cannot tell you. Is seventeen by Sharon Van Etten off her record from this year called "Remind Me Tomorrow." Sharon Van Etten since she released an album in like 2014-ish maybe. Oh, so you're very underground. Um, She came out with this record (laughs) uh, called Remind Me Tomorrow and I think the entire thing is wonderful. It's probably one of my top picks of the year. Um, Although we're not picking as Andrew has pointed out. Um, This song is particularly meaningful to me. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflection this past year on kind of growing up and getting older and being an adult and I think this whole song is like looking back at yourself um, when you were 17 and um, like felt free and like on the cusp of something um, but also like very anxiety ridden and not knowing what's coming next Um, and I think it's a beautiful rendition of that and also her voice is amazing it's so deep and like wrapped up in emotion um yeah good song i really liked this one actually i really liked it it felt very um i would love to be driving to this song yeah yeah it's definitely like a cinematic driving kind of song yeah i appreciate that and also feels very old Mm -hmm. which i also really like the way she the, the way her voice is produced I don't know who if she's part of the production team or what her but anyway I always feel like she has this like very very raw and like I feel like it's a, a, a current sort of style but it's always like produced in this way that feels like you can't really pinpoint when it was if it was like someone ahead of their time a long time ago or if it's like someone now like producing it in a certain way which is also the way I feel about um, Angel Olsen and her voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels just like it could have come from anywhere. Yeah, I mean... I mean, anywhere. I mean, anywhere in the last 60 years. In the last years. 60 years, but also <laughs> as we head into 2020, and we kind of think of the start of a lot of modern music as 1960, and then uh, like really the Beatles coming to the United States as that trigger. Um, it's pretty remarkable to think about that whole span of time. I just want to read... Uh, the lyrics which um, I used to feel free or was it just a dream now you're a hot shot think you're so carefree but you're just 17 so much like me um, I think that's a really good summary 
of like of how you feel about which one of us coming up on 25 i guess i don't know it's not that old but i used to be 25 there are no good signs of being 25 you really run out once you hit 23 but 182 marks the end of it all is there no 24 song but also this is in kind of a long line of songs about being like like looking back at yourself um and being like at the end of like teen, like 16 17 you know wow look at what i was like now then yeah um i think there is a grand tradition of that kind of music why do we think 17 is the number that every musician gravitates toward <laughs> No, because when I think about it, I mean, I was reflecting on that. I was listening to the song. I was like, you know what, seventeen just at the time it felt like such a good year. I loved being seventeen. I loved that I was seventeen, but only because of music like this. In reality, seventeen was a crap year in so many ways. Like, so little happened. No one would have sex with me. Like, please engage me. We're all that one right. <laughs> like well I, I i mean definitely part of it is the rhythm of the word 17 <laughs> right it's a very nice yeah, word to say that's true yeah that's true I, and the v is mm, great consonant v 17 one of the better of the consonants 17 really. yeah seven eaves i used to read seven eaves <laughs> sorry Andrew has recently started singing on the podcast. Last week he did Silver Bells. I and, hate that song. And uh, I think he should stick with it. Yes, I've prepared a little ditty for us. That's song oh. number 10. A song to bring you into Should old grooves be forgot And new tunes brought to mind Should old grooves be forgot Barbershop Quartet time. Okay. Um, <laughs> Our studio audience loved that one. <laughs> um, I'm cutting out all of, the, all of the, the standing ovation that they've given us. <laughs> we have conducted an anonymous vote. Um, our audience has submitted their picks um, for 2019. We've... we've Looked at all the votes and we've counted them up, and um, it was a long and arduous process. Yeah, secret ballot. We took a break and did. That's why we had a long ad break there with all the ads. Please sponsor our <laughs> podcast, Mom. Please. <laughs> um, and um, the audience, the they, the people have spoken shockingly in a unanimous vote. <laughs> The audience we... <laughs> pick for 2019 is... I don't know the song, Jesus. It's Light On by Maggie Rogers. Woo! 
That's how the song starts. opportunity to see Maggie Rogers live in 2017 at Outside Lands. She at the time was playing like the 12:30 p.m. slot on a Saturday, like the most irrelevant spot. And she could not have been more thrilled to be there and to have all these people in the crowd just like doing the festival circuit as like a really entry level artist. Although at that time, Alaska had already become a thing, and, like, Pharrell had found her, so she wasn't, like, unknown. And she was, like, up there genuinely shedding tears, being, like, out in California. She's like, I've got friends here in the crowd, and, like, just... I appreciated how genuine she was as, a, like, a pop artist and a really good singer and songwriter, and I love seeing that come across um, in a musician. I think this is a fantastic pop song. Um, yeah, it's 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 yeah. well crafted. Yeah. Um, she's got it's a great example of the form. Yeah, great songwriting, and it leaves me like feeling a little bit melancholy. Yeah, I've yeah. cried to this song a lot, but yeah. it also it was one of my like key breakup songs at the time I was going through a breakup. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a good one, too. It's, like, bitter. <laughs> it's really... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's biting a little bit. Yeah. It's lovely. All right. Well, that's our show. <laughs> that's that's 2019, folks. <laughs> um, we will be back in 2020. So do not fear. Fresh Press will continue. Did you hear him say... 2020. 2020? <laughs> I haven't decided on my... I'm back in Philly. I don't know what my accent's going to be. Earlier Philly or California. 2020 when he was referring to next year. So you the really year 2020. You need to settle on, on how you want to pronounce All right. the... Fresh Press will be back in the year 101 score. <laughs> But first, before we leave, we'd like to tell you a little bit about our third host for the day, our guest, but really third host, Soraya. Soraya, you are an artist yourself and a wonderful musician. If we wanted to find some music that you've released, where could we do that? Um, 
wow, thank you for saying that. I'm a little caught off guard. Uh, a good place to go, actually, where I most recommend, uh, where I'd recommend that people go, actually, is probably my Instagram. I'm starting this project, or, well, I've been, like, on the fence about how to share music lately. Um, like, streaming services are not really, like, feeling like my, you can find some music on Spotify or iTunes, but it's not really my jam right now. It doesn't feel like it, it, like, it doesn't feel like I'm laying my music to rest in the right place. So lately I've been working on creating, like, one or two minute clips that I share on my Instagram page that can just live there as videos. Um, and, um, I, you know, like, write, like, if you want to hear this or get a copy of it, send me a message and I'll send you a copy. And that's been felt like a very fulfilling way to share for me. So, um, projects that I'm working on, music projects that I'm working on, a lot of them will be on my Instagram and that's where you can go to check them out. It's just my name, Soraya Perry. Um, the other major thing you do right now is you're a freelance film editor. Mm -hmm. So if we'd like to see some of your work and, or if, uh, say I wanted to hire you to edit something, where would I find your information and where would I see some of your examples? You can find examples of my editing and film work um, and all my contact information and a lot of my music on my website. That's SorayaPerry.com, also my name. We'll drop all these links in the show notes. Um, Soraya is a brilliant editor and a brilliant musician and we're excited to see what she'll produce in... 2020 and if it'll make the cut for this episode <laughs> next year yeah um uh andrew also probably won't mention this but he released a christmas single i actually mentioned it in the show notes last week you just didn't look at it i didn't look at the show notes last week <laughs> but if you want to see andrew's show notes christmas single like, gabe doesn't know that i've released this and he doesn't know that i'm putting it in here but if he reads these show notes he'll know yikes i've been traveling for the last week um <laughs> Uh, Melchior's song is available uh, on Spotify under the artist True Partridge. And yeah. every streaming service. And every other streaming service that you could possibly imagine. Title? Are you on Tidal? Uh, no, Tidal I think is like... Not on Tidal. Um, so who cares really? Um, you should follow us on Twitter at Fresh pressed pod we've got a spotify playlist that i don't think i updated for last week so yep. i'll update that now <laughs> um uh that will drop in the show notes we have a website freshpressedpodcast.com um our next episode will be back on our normal recording schedule so you should expect an episode from us on january 6th of 101 score 2020 2020 and uh, and it will be a quarter of the length of this one. You've been listening to Fresh Pressed. I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And I'm we'll see you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh! Guess who's getting too big for her podcast britches now? We'll see you next decade! Bye. Should all... Okay. I'm going to cut it right there. I'm just going to cut it. <laughs>